Welcome to the Thelcom Podcast. Now, here's a question for you. Who doesn't want to live a great life? Surely we all want to live a wonderful life. And this podcast is all about the ingredients for a great life. We'll be sharing the detail of tools, tactics, techniques, mindsets that you can consider and adopt if you like them to create your own great life. We'll be interviewing kind-hearted people who want to share their ideas, their stories and their methods with you. You are listening to the Falcon Podcast and your host is David Lilly. What are the consequences of a sedentary lifestyle? That's the subject we will look at and the question we seek to answer in this week's podcast. Now, those of you who follow my Thelcom work will know that the letter H in the word Thelcom indicates health, one of the most important ingredients for a great life, and so it's highly important we cover this subject. Most of the evidence suggests that living a sedentary lifestyle has become a significant public health issue. As a consequence of convenience that comes with technology, addiction to entertainment on tablet PCs and smartphones, sedentary lifestyles appear to have become widespread across the world, and this, despite this way of living being linked to a range of chronic health conditions. For example, according to a report by the British Heart Foundation, more than 20 million people in the UK are physically inactive. And you consider that we have a 62 million population. To say that 20 million of them are physically inactive is just worrying, to say the least. The British Heart Foundation, which is a charity as we all know, warns that inactivity increases the risk of heart disease and costs the National Health Service around $1.2 billion each year. In addition to this, Dr Mike Napton who is the Associate Medical Director at the British Heart Foundation, commented that the levels of physical inactivity and sedentary behaviour in the UK remain stubbornly high, and combined, these two risk factors present a substantial threat to our cardiovascular health and risk of early death. Dr Napton went on to say that evidence shows keeping physically active can reduce the risk of heart and circulatory disease by as much as 35%, and risk of early death by as much as 30%, almost a third. These are staggeringly compelling facts that suggest we need to move away from the sedentary lifestyle. So what does the word sedentary really mean? A 2017 paper by the Sedentary Behaviour Research Network, abbreviated to SBRN, defined sedentary behaviour as any activity involving sitting, reclining or lying down that has a very low energy expenditure. The measurement for energy expenditure is metabolic equivalents, METs, and the authors consider activities that expend 1.5 METs or less of energy to be sedentary. So what are some of the specific dangers of a sedentary lifestyle? Studies have now consistently demonstrated that leading A sedentary lifestyle can contribute to obesity, type 2 diabetes, some types of cancer as we've already mentioned, cardiovascular disease, early death. Extended periods of inactivity can reduce metabolism and impair the body's ability to control blood sugar levels, to regulate blood pressure and to break down fat. The body quite simply is designed to move. 
Another example is that one study analysed data collected over 15 years and found that sedentary lifestyles were associated with an increased risk of early death regardless of physical activity levels. This shows that it's essential to reduce the amount of time spent being sedentary in addition to doing more exercise. What we mean by that is it's no good just doing a little bit of exercise. You've got to move the body consistently throughout the day. Now, the subject of mental health also comes into it. A sedentary lifestyle also appears to have a negative impact on mental well-being. And so the combination of the physical and the mental impact makes a sedentary lifestyle particularly problematic. Another study, this time with 10,381 participants, associated a sedentary lifestyle and a lack of physical activity with a higher risk of developing a mental health disorder. And a further recent interview included data from over 100,000 participants found a link between sedentary behaviour and an increased risk of depression. So that's all the bad stuff. What are the solutions to a sedentary lifestyle? Well, a more active lifestyle can significantly reduce the chances of chronic health conditions, mental health disorders and the thing that all of us, I think, fear, which is premature death. Increasing physical activity is, of course, a critical part of the solution. Move the body consistently throughout the day. Research has shown that physical activity, including exercise and sports, can reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity and early death. Evidence also consistently shows that exercise can improve mental health. A 2018 study of over a million people, or 1.2 million people in actual fact, found that those who exercised reported fewer mental health problems than those who did not. So let's get into more of the solution. It's best to combine a variety of cardiovascular exercises, such as jogging, running, cycling, brisk walking, with strength training exercises, which can include a level of weight training or body weight exercises. It doesn't mean you have to be pushing the type of weights that make you a bodybuilder. Going for at least three 30-minute runs or brisk walks and two 30-minute sessions of strength training exercise per week would be sufficient to meet the minimum physical activity guidelines set by the government. Those who are not able to run or walk briskly can at least walk. I think that walking at a reasonable pace should see most people cover four miles in an hour. And this delivers the 10,000 steps that many health experts refer to as being the minimum movement that you should see in a day. Physical activity is very important, but spending the majority of the day being sedentary is very dangerous. You can reduce the amount of time you spend being sedentary by standing rather than sitting on public transport. If you live close enough to work, why not walk to work? Take walks during your lunch break. Set reminders every 30 minutes if you're in a desk-based environment like I am to get up and just wander around for five minutes. Invest in a standing desk or ask your employer to provide one. I was looking on Amazon this morning and you can pick up a standing desk with movable height or various gadgets that mean that you can stand at your sitting desk for less than £100. Try taking walks and standing up during your coffee or tea breaks. Spend more time doing chores around the house. Make excuses to leave the office or move around the building. If you're taking telephone calls on your mobile phone, why not get up and walk around at the same time? If you're into watching television and there are commercials, get up and walk up and down the stairs. 
try to make a habit of walking up and down the stairs at least 30, 40 or 50 times a day. It's very easy to do that. Now, if you want even more evidence of how health improvements can be made, let's take a look at the story of Pekka Puska, who was a doctor from Finland. Backed by the Finnish government and the public health authorities who were anxious for improvements, this is back in 1972, the young Dr. Pekka Puska, as he was back then, brought with him what was regarded as newfangled and unproven plans about what people to do to improve health in the region. Many provincial citizens in Finland were women widowed by a cardiovascular assassin that had torn away their husband and left fatherless children. Children who, by the way, started to smoke by the time they reached middle school. So Puska arrived on the scene as head of the North Karelia project by way of a petition from Isa Timonen, the regional governor. Timonen, seeing his constituents weathering early death after early death, lobbied vigorously for something to be done. Puska and his team were that something, and what Puska wanted was to overhaul how residents of North Karelia lived, ate and drank. The key focus of the project, which was granted the approval of the Finnish government and the World Health Organization, was to go after three simple targets. Hypertension, which is high blood pressure, cholesterol and smoking, all of which was designed to prevent cardiovascular disease rather than waiting for it to develop and kill. Puska and his brand Puska and his band of self-described radicals saw many routes to these targets and they tried every one. This included media campaigns, meetings in the community, chatting in people's kitchens, carrot and sticks for farmers and food producers, and otherwise incentives and disincentives, up to and including village versus village competitions over cutting back on smoking or reducing cholesterol counts. The tactics even included one of the earliest reality TV shows, a sort of biggest loser from the late 1970s, which was called Keys to Health, and it was hugely popular. It featured occasionally wretched-looking Finnish people who were willing to have their cholesterol levels and smoking habits tracked on national television. A crucial winning weapon for Puska and his team was in the home. Men largely ran the government and the health programmes, but women in the 1970s still ran the kitchen, controlling what came in and what made it onto the kitchen table. In general, they liked Puska's message. Sick of losing their husbands too soon, weary of widowhood and fatherless children, they took on the mantra of lower salt, lower fat and more vegetables to the heart and brought the Puska plan to individual family tables. The progress coming out of the project, which is now approaching its 50th year, that's right, 5-0, shows a staggering 82% reduction in deaths from coronary disease amongst middle-aged Finnish men. The project went national in its fifth year as planned and Finland saw an 80% drop in deaths countrywide by the time the project got to the year 2012. The better health of the Finnish nation changes are largely credited to Puska, who is now a member of the Finnish parliament, and the government that facilitated his work. This effort, this project, has spawned more than 1,100 related scientific publications and 65 dissertations. There can be no doubt or question that good health comes with eating the right nutrition and physical activities that help improve and reduce diseases such as cardiovascular disease. It's no surprise either that according to research from Open Access Library Journal, 
countries such as Sweden, surprise, surprise, Finland and Denmark are the European countries that do more sport on a regular basis. And that as well is a contribution towards the sedentary issue and the better health that countries like Finland are now experiencing. You've only got to look at the trends in the history books to see this cannot be hidden away and put down to hocus pocus. Here in the UK, there's an initiative called Get Britain Standing. And the website that goes with this initiative is crammed full of useful information and research about the impact of being sedentary and the news for us to move our bodies more. The message is quite simple, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you are moving your bodies consistently throughout the day. Get in your 10,000 steps. Make sure that your body is being moved at least every hour. Find an excuse to get up and move. Don't just sit at your desk all day or sit watching TV all day. The consequences of continuing to do that are not pleasant to think about. You've been listening to David Lilly. I'm the creator of The Felcom Formula and the author of the up-and-coming book entitled The Ingredients for a Great Life. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about sedentary lifestyles and getting the body moving. And if you can think of someone now who you think's a couch potato who would benefit from listening to this podcast, then why not share that with them or share that with one or two or three or four or five people that you feel may get a benefit from listening to this podcast. And if you've enjoyed it especially, I'd be massively grateful if you'd give me a positive review on iTunes. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me this Sunday, the 4th of November 2018. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week.